We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 104 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney. I'm Joe Musso. Matt, how are we doing today? Uh, we're doing all right. Had uh, Luckily had yesterday off to recover. Um, yeah, you, uh, considered, you were considered working the day. at both ends. Considered uh-huh. working the day, um, you know, to, to, to save taking a, a vacation day. But uh, I figured, mm-hmm. you know, probably a better idea just oh. to use yesterday as kind of a a mental and physical regrouping because That's, you know Sunday uh, you get back early by yourself early okay, buy early yourself. By yourself. I love that buy yourself the extra PTO day after a trip like just to be on it's, the couch at your apartment there's nothing better it's you got you got to buy it i mean sometimes yeah. i mean certain trips you don't but say the, the trip we just kind of were on there put us through the ringer a little bit and i, I think you got to buy it no i did not give myself that luxury after our trip uh, flying back on Friday morning. The, the group uh, was very impressed with how you conducted yourself that that evening going into the next morning. The fact that you were able to rally, oh, get up, be totally fine. I was fine, still, was I was fantastic. still getting after it the night before. You went to bed um, about an hour slept and a half solid before three your hours. Alarm. <laughs> uh, got up at three thirty, got in a cab, forty minute cab to Palm Springs uh, Airport. We got there in plenty of time. Dropped the bag, got on the flight, slept the hour and ten minutes to LAX. Got to LAX, had a little brek. Knocked out a little breck there, got on another plane, slept the hour up to Sacramento, got off the plane, got back to my apartment, slept an hour before work, and I was at work at 2 o'clock that day. Go. That's three nice little naps, though, three power from, naps. From 2 to midnight. Yeah, we found six hours in there somewhere, but it, they weren't conventional. They were not okay. conventional. Unconventional work sometimes. You got to do what you got to do. But that leads us to a, a bit of a disclaimer here. We now have a lost episode. Uh, episode 103 will forever live in the ether. If you listen to it, we hope you enjoyed. We know you enjoyed. Hard not to enjoy. It, if you were lucky enough to uh, to hear that. But um, one of our former sponsors, someone that we're no longer affiliated with, uh, got a little um, got a little flack uh, just through the grapevine. Uh, they were they were asking to uh, have their sponsorship pulled. Uh, so we all as one in one fell swoop took the episode down yeah. uh, as to not have to edit multiple sponsorships out of that. So we will no longer be doing business with them, but we are back open for business. Yeah. Uh, this leaves us wide open again, guys. Potential, um, uh, potential, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sponsorship. Sponsorship. Potential sponsorship uh, is back open for business. You give Matt or I a call. We're back you, on you the find market. Yourself, we're pretty, find we're pretty yourself. cheap. Yeah, and I heard nothing but good things out of our first sponsorship. Uh, yeah. Short lived, but um, but it's, there were clicks. There were quite, clicks. So quite uh, honestly, all you needed to do to get a sponsorship from us was have me bet you in something, and then beat yes. me and said that. Like yes. that's really how the first sponsorship came to be. We're we're not charging for sponsorship. We're just we're just betting uh, betting ad space. Betting on the golf course. That's what we mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. But Matt, uh, before we get into some topics here, I did miss the last couple days of the trip. Oh boy. Uh, what did I miss here? Get me up to speed. Um, any, I mean, I, any more low numbers? Any more? Oh uh, yeah, you know arguments um, around the beer pong table. We'll, what happened? We'll call him Mister Three Under. Uh, okay. He he shot a a cool seventy four from the tips at the stadium course. Beautiful. Um, and if, according to himself and Brian, he also left some shots out there, so it could have been even lower than that. So that's that's fun. Um, you missed me go par par from the tips on seven eighteen seventeen eighteen. 
Um, hey, there you go on the on the stadium course. That was lovely. Uh, then, then the next day we played the uh, the Norman course out there, which is more of a desert style. You'd you'd like that one, I think. It was it was difficult. We were all a little bit tired though. That was uh-huh. kind of the uh, the fifth round in four days, so we were uh, we were taking some tired swings. You, you did miss almost the uh, the first no hitter in baseball I've ever been a part of. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and that's referring to, to baseball, the beer pong game. Yeah, uh, Brian and I took a no hitter into the uh, the bottom of the eighth against uh, against Gino, Mike, and uh, Gino's girlfriend Allison. So we we took that one into the eighth. They unfortunately broke it up. Actually took okay. a two one lead on us, but then we came gotcha. back and, and, and now is that just bad shooting on the on, on their behalf? That's got to be bad shooting. It I wasn't great hitter. shooting, but I, I'm going to give Brian and I some credit. We had some good hands. We made some <laughs> made nice some plays. plays. Yeah, okay. you, like any no hitter. I mean, you're going to have to. It's going to have to kind of be the perfect. Story. Yeah, the pitcher's got to be throwing well. The hitters can't be swinging well. But you're also going to need some good defensive plays. Now in in every no hitter, as you said, there is the one play that stands out. Was there a Dwayne Wise robbery or, or something of the sort? There was not in this case. No, we just okay. kind of made some real nice plays. Okay. That's all it was. Um, I'm happy to hear that, and I was happy to be a part of that trip. Uh, boys had a blast. Uh, and you, now, you do know now. Every time we have this one, there there is an invitation. I'm, There's an invitation. I'm a forever, it. yeah, I'm a forever member of the Rooney uh, uh, golf trip. But I was also told that years that I don't come, I have to get some sort of embarrassing tattoo. So I'm not sure that I agree to. Or you can just pay for one of our rounds of golf. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that either. Yeah, I, no, I just just pay for my round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not. It's probably it's not, not going to happen. I'll, I'll make it one of the cheaper ones. Probably that's not going to happen. Okay, buy um, me a shirt. Well, Matt, we got plenty of topics to get to today. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, we're on the topic of golf here, so why don't we roll right into some PGA Championship talk, second major of the year, uh, what was once the fourth major of the year, now the second major of the year, playing them once a month, moving everything up. I think we've already come to uh, agreement that we're both we support schedule, that, yeah. that we like that, so um, we like the new schedule. And uh, Tiger's going to be out there defending his uh, most recent major championship at the Masters. Uh, All the big names out there, except Justin Thomas, he will not be there. He's still dealing with some wrist injuries. Uh, He put up uh, Instagram saying that yesterday, so he's pretty bummed out. But, uh, Matt, what are you keeping your eye on uh, this weekend at Beth Page Black? I mean, the easy answer there is Tiger. Um, We're all going to be watching Tiger, see how he plays. Um, That first, uh, it's it's the last three majors playing together the first two days, Kepka. Tiger, Francesco, obviously those are going to be three favorites going into this one. But it's going to be, for me, which of the – long drivers off the tee can keep it accurate for the for the entirety yep. of the weekend or most of the weekend because that's beth page it's it's very long and it's very narrow um and if you're in that rough it's almost going to be like a u.s open style rough where it's going to be really hard to get out and and be accurate with your shot and be on the green from the rough so it's going to be the guys who can hit it long going to be the guys who can hit the fairway so it, it's an easy answer but look out at dustin johnson look out at brooks Kepka, look out at rory if those guys are keeping the ball straight um they're gonna have a great chance to win uh, just pulled up driving accuracy statistics mm-hmm. uh, on the PGA Tour. A lot of these names are shorter hitters. The first big hitter uh, that I see on this list, that the name jumps right off the page on me, and if I was to put a couple shekels down, I don't know mm-hmm. what his odds are, but uh, I like Henrik Stenson this weekend. That's the name that... Good I, golf as of late, and I was, uh, I was looking at those Some people have yeah. been buzzing around uh, a little bit. I was looking at before we were. Uh, I had a few minutes to kill here, waiting for you to uh, to wake up there from your alarm. 
Uh, so I was going through some of the uh, the, the tour statistics. People don't need to know that Stenson was Stenson's not terribly long off the tee, but he's still up around you know the the mid two nineties yeah. there. He puts that's well. He, that's often with three wood. So yeah. he is long. He just doesn't hit many drivers. He puts well. He's accurate. So that that's a name that caught my uh, my eyes. Well, I can get you the odds here. I think he's around seventy to one or so. Mm, might have to. Not a bad. Yeah, he's a, he's plus seven thousand. So there you go. Throw a little tickler on there. I was going to say in a in a similar fashion, guy who's accurate, guy who puts all right is Webb Simpson, and we, yeah. we we've seen his name up there around the, the bigger tournaments as of late. Obviously, yeah. he, the players two years ago he won. I think the players this year he was around there. The Masters this year he was around there. So he he's a guy for me. I'm going to look out at. Is kind of more of a, a sneaky underdog type pick. While he might not be as long, he he's very accurate and puts well. Surprisingly enough, Tiger uh, coming in in 70th position in driving accuracy, which sounds low, but there aren't many big names ahead of him there. Um, Mm. You got Francesco Molinari, but other than that, not too many guys in that list that find themselves in contention. So as you said, that mixture of length and accuracy probably will decide at this time. Um, You don't hear much about the greens at Bethpage. I don't know um, what they're going to be rolling like, but I think the defense of that course does exist from T to green. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of those green, green side complexes are, are pretty nasty if you get in them. But um, if you're finding greens in regulation, I think you're going to have a good be really good Sunday. shape. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, uh, it's the PGA Championship. It, it is the... Uh, it is the lesser of the of the majors, nonetheless. So, um, it would count to one towards uh, Tiger's pursuit of both Jack and Sam Snead in uh, total wins and in major wins. So uh, let's uh, let's sign him up for a Wanamaker. What do you say? I, 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 he's got a chance. I mean, he, if he's accurate. I mean, you said his name on the accuracy list is, is higher up there than most of the other big names we see, and you know he's hit mm-hmm. the driver pretty well for the most part this year. That's. Just like anybody, that's going to be the key for him. And if he's doing that, I, th- I think he's going to have a great chance to win as good a chance as anybody. He's certainly so kept himself off the course recently competitively to keep him a, a little bit fresh, so maybe he knows this one's going to be a little bit more taxing on him. Okay, let's put the cart in front of the horse here. Love uh, doing that. How soon is too soon to start talking season grand slam if Tiger wins the PGA? Is it... Uh. I mean, it's, if, if Tiger wins it's a conversation that we can start having, right? Oh yeah, if Tiger that, wins the PGA. We're, I mean, we're already kind of having it. If Tiger wins the yeah, PGA, but, we, I think we both said at the beginning of this golf season that this was probably the one that I thought he had the worst chance of going out and winning, just mm-hmm. because this one seems like a little bit of a tougher course for him, and if, if he's not deadly accurate, he's not going to win. Um, but that said, he's got as good of a chance as anybody after what we've seen him do this year and at the Masters. So if he wins this one, I mean, he. Obviously, does really well at Pebble. Um, mm-hmm. Port Rush is kind of a new territory for just about everybody. I think so just he's got as good for me though, there. for me though, the idea of winning a British and a U.S. Open back to back in back to back months it, for a guy who hasn't won a major in forever and then wins one—it just the realisticness of it doesn't seem very well, well the question high, was when can again, we start talking about it the question yes, wasn't yes, how yes, real but now, now i've gotten excited about it and, and i'm actually trying to rationalize tiger winning four straight majors in the same year and not the same calendar year in the same season did you see um, tiger was, was asked about would be John. the comeback of all comebacks see, Tiger's Tie, asked not about only it. tying jack but tying jack from 14 to 18 in, in one, one season. year that'd be pretty yeah. sick did you see tiger was asked about john daly's uh usage of the cart this weekend. I did not. If you didn't see what that, John Daly's being, 
we talked about this, I think, over the week the weekend. John Daly is going to be allowed to use a cart at the PGA because something uh-huh. about tendonitis in his knee or, or something. Osteoarthritis in the knee. Yeah, they, they asked him about that, and Tiger said, well, I walked, you know, four straight days on a broken leg, so. <laughs> kind of a hard old answer, but you know I love it. True. Here, this I, I was talking with a uh, with good friend of the the podcast Scott Bedkey about this. This, this to uh-huh. me is this Tiger is so back because he's just trying to get a mental edge, even over somebody who's going to be in the grand scheme of things irrelevant in the tournament, and not do anything and be cut. Like he's mm-hmm. still trying to gain the mental edge over that guy. That's how I know Tiger's back. Yeah. I, not that he won I, the Masters. This is how I, I agree with you. Um, I don't know if I agree with Tiger because I'm really looking forward to seeing JD out there. Oh, I cannot uh, wait to see him cruising around. And I'm going to tell cart. you, I'm going to tell you how this is going to go. He's going to be carting around. He's probably going to shoot something close to par, maybe one under, two under, uh, maybe one over, two over on uh, Thursday. Friday, he's going to go out there. He's going to be playing really good golf. And then I don't know what the toughest hole is on the back nine is, but he's going to make an 18 and he's going to throw a club and he's going to drive the cart off the course and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be peak John Daly. Do you and, think uh, he gets a cooler in one of those in the, in the cart? I think it has to be demanded. I yeah, think right. Cooler, I think that's part of the cooler cart. that had, that's stocked with, with whatever his sponsor diet beer coke. is. You know, he's got yeah. Diet Coke in there. He's a Diet Coke guy on the course. He's a diet Coke guy, yeah. Or maybe, yeah. maybe Miller Lite poured into the Diet Coke. Camp. So we're watching Tiger and uh, John Daly in a golf cart. That's uh, that's the draw this weekend at Beth Page Black. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, I also wouldn't count out uh, one Rory McIlroy. I know no, it was a less than stellar showing at uh, at Augusta, but um, I think that there's a refined focus in Rory this season, no doubt. This is kind of the one too, where you know Rory's personality with how he's not a personality, but I guess is this is kind of one to me. It seems like Rory goes out and wins because it is the least of the majors and this is kind of mm-hmm. one where people are, are one back to wondering a little bit about what he's going to be after his master's performance yeah. and this is one uh, i don't want to say pressure free major because there's no such thing but the, the least pressure he's going to see in a big spot and maybe this is the one where he feels a little bit looser and goes out and you know not runs away from the field but wins pr- pretty comfortably because he's he can be uh, reestablishing himself kind of in the in the upper echelon one last question before we move off PGA Championship here. We've talked about some favorites. We've talked about guys who uh, understand what it takes to get into the winner's circle on a Sunday in a major. Who's one non-major champion that uh, you could see hoisting the Wanamaker at the end of the week? A first-time major champion. Uh, this might be the easy answer for this year, but I think uh, Matt Kuchar is a decent option. Uh, he's, I think he mm-hmm. was at the, right around the top of driving accuracy, if not number one. Uh, he's yep. played really, really well all season. Uh, he puts well enough. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with him simply with how well he's playing this year. Um, that, that That's probably the best guess for me. Um, for myself, I think I, I've been on the Tony Finau train for a little while here, and his – if Tony's uh, accurate, his, he's got as good of a chance as anyone. Three is three and a half day performance at the Masters was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that getting a taste of what it's like is going to do nothing but service him. Maybe he finds himself there uh, scratching at one again this weekend. We'll he's going to get one soon enough. I mean, he's, yeah. he's the last, you know, about calendar year or so, we've really seen him kind of go from middling, kind of on the rise golfer to he's he's kind of firmly established himself up in that upper echelon. I think mm-hmm. golfers, and I, I think mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before he gets one. Well, the PGA Championship doesn't begin until Thursday. There's plenty to watch from now until then between conference finals in both hockey and basketball. But Matt, let's get to tonight's uh, ping pong balls of fate. 
got the NBA draft lottery coming up. Uh, the bullies with a 24 point, I believe seven, 24.7% chance of landing the either first or second uh, pick tonight. And where's it? Where are they? Where is it? New York? It, where are they holding I thought it? it's in Chicago. Is it in Chicago? I think maybe there's that's, maybe right they there. rigged it. There's an omen right there. Cold maybe envelopes and all. Uh, what, what are you watching tonight, Matt? Uh, I mean, where Zion goes, essentially. I got to think Zion goes to the Knicks. I mean, they're the they're the odds-on favorite for a reason, and I think the mm-hmm. NBA has never been afraid to pull the, you know, rig the lottery card. Um, mm-hmm. Zion in New York makes the most sense for the NBA. Zion makes the most sense for the NBA. So, I, I mean, I, I'm going to go with with mm-hmm. Zion to the Knicks. I do think the best fit isn't necessarily there. I think the best fit might be Chicago or Atlanta um, because Chicago kind of has the young core. Atlanta has, you know, Trey Young. They have John Collins. I think that'd be, it'd be a boring place for him to land, but I think that might be one of the best fits. Obviously Dallas as well would be right up there, but the chances of them getting that pick uh, are slim to none. How about yourself, Joe? Um, I just think, you know, just the barometer for success is one of the first two picks for the Bulls after that. And I understand there's talent beyond that. But I think one, in, if you drop out of one, two, uh, you have to be pretty disappointed. If you drop out of one, two, three, it's a failure of a, of a lottery. Mm-hmm. And I know, I mean, you could say it's there's rigs, there's politicking going on, but there's really uh, having the assumption that the Bulls and the Bulls organization has no control over this. You can't really get mad at them for it, but you can get mad at them if they do come through with a top three pick and they do screw it up somehow. I'm, honestly, you said top three. I'm going to say anything outside of the top two is, is kind of a disappointment. Yeah. I think from from all the stuff I've read, um, our our friend of the podcast, Mark Shanowski, if you, if you haven't read a lot of his stuff over on NBCSportsChicago.com, has had some great, great draft pieces. But um, really, after Ja at two, this draft takes such a huge drop off. And you've seen in a couple places, I, some people have been kind of said like, you know, the top two picks in this year's draft are, are as good as or close to as good as just about anybody in last year's draft. But after that. You know, no one in this year's lottery is getting picked before anyone in last year's lottery. So, I mean, that's, I think, a bold statement. So you really need to get number one, of the, number one or two, or you're, else you're literally just drafting, you know, a scratch-off ticket at number three through through 14. So uh, you, you have to get one or two or else the tank or whatever you want to call it is, is kind of a failure. Yeah. Um, we were talking about it a little bit on the trip that the Bulls as a whole, despite who you add, just seem like a weird collection of, disjointed players who do you think fits the mold of this team however odd it is uh who do you think fits the mold of this team out of these out of these next prospects coming up i mean honestly the the best fit in this lottery is john morant for the bulls uh as much as they might be kind of a group of 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 misfits or whatever you want to call it they have a couple they you know they have a, a a three and d wing and auto porter they have uh, a good two guard in Zach Levine who can create his own shot. They have the big men in Wendell Carter and Laurie Markin. And the, the one thing this team is kind of missing is that point guard. And I think from what we've seen is Chris Dunn is not that guy. As much as he might be, you know, a, a solid backup point guard, a guy to run the second unit, he's just not a starter. He, he's not a starter on a good NBA team, on a, on a winning NBA team to say the least. So what they're missing is that star point guard. So while Zion would be great, I, I think the number two pick would be almost as good of news for the Bulls than getting number one because that's kind of the guy that would fit perfectly for them. After think, that, I mean, uh, it's just kind of whatever point guard you like best and you kind of hope he figures it out, whether that's, uh, what's his name, Garland from Vanderbilt or, or whoever mm-hmm. you might think that might be. 
Well, Matt, uh, if the draft is not or the lottery is not already rigged, I'm putting that on your plate. The 2019 NBA draft lottery will take place May 14th, 2019. That's today in Chicago, Illinois. ESPN will air the results live at 8:30 Eastern, 7:30 uh, Central. That would be 5:30 Pacific for all of you West Coasters. I just did the to the pod. I just did the the lottery simulator on Tankathon.com. Only mm-hmm. took me like nine simulations to get the Bulls number one, so we got a shot. Okay, w- were we in the top two at all or no? No, it, well, yeah, we were. Uh, I think like the third or fourth one, the Bulls picked second, while the Cavs okay. picked one, and then um, you know it, the ninth time through, the Bulls got number one. So do with that what you will, Chicago. Prepare yourself for disappointment a bit. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Don't get um, Matt. I think we used all of our good draft juju with the Blackhawks somehow stealing the number third pick with the eleventh, you know, twelfth best chance. We very much, uh, we very much may have there. Um, baseball seems to be blossoming a bit in uh, in the windy city. I don't know if it's the changing of weather or if the weather's changed at all. It still seems like it's pretty dismal out there. It was uh, all right yesterday. The, yesterday, okay. today we've had some sun. The sun seems to be uh, be back for a little while. The, the, the heat hasn't really come with it, but the, the sun's at least out. It's, it's not too bad well, anymore. Well, Cubs and Sox both heating up. I believe the Cubs are a full two games clear. Uh, yeah, of I the believe Brewers. they have two on the Brewers now. And the Sox have won three straight, playing some good baseball. That's uh, called a winning looks, streak, Joe. Three in a row. Looks like uh, looks like some of the young cats uh, might be finding their groove, a, a little bit of swagger, maybe a little bit of Tim Anderson's rubbing off on the rest of the clubhouse. Um, obviously, I, I see more highlights than anything out here. Um, give me your early impression on uh, Yoan Moncada. I know he, he really burst onto the scene and then – I don't know if it was just the national recognition died down a little bit or if his numbers came back to reality a little bit, but it seems like through this three-game stretch here, he's been raking again. You know, he he obviously had that stretch, you know, to start the year throughout April for the most part where he was, you know, lighting the world on fire. He was leading the, the majors, the AL in a lot of categories. He slumped uh, kind of to start May there. I want to say up until last night, he had like a 200 ab- batting average in May. This last line wasn't looking all good, but he, he busted out of it last night. That went three for four, two home runs. The thing that is encouraging with me is he's still incredibly patient at the plate, which um, you know, you'd know you rather want to teach the other way around. than You'd rather want to teach a guy to be more aggressive than to be more patient. He has that patience, which you look for, and his exit velocity uh, on balls that he's connecting with is, I, I want to say, top five, top three in the majors. So those are two really encouraging signs for me. The strikeouts are starting to make a little bit of a return, which I do think um, which I, I think is a little bit worrisome. I think going into last night, we were a little bit concerned about it. Obviously, two home runs uh, helps you out a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm I'm encouraged that we, you know, we're over a month into the season. We're 40 games into the year, whatever it is, and he's still slashing. You know, two, two, I think 89 was his average. Got an OPS right around 900. So, so that's an impressive sign for me. But I, I think we're starting to see more of the. This is the Yohan Moncada we're going to see, not the one we saw last year hitting 240. Do you feel comfortable with the Ken Griffey Jr. swing comparisons? Uh, he has. He doesn't necessarily have the swing. He he has it's not he, the uppercut, but the finish is there. When yeah, but that's that where drop. I was getting, when, when he has when he pulls a home run when he gets a hold of one out the right field, he has the the same finish. He has the same finish. He has the same bat drop. It's kind of cool to see. Um, but no, I don't think the swing is the same thing. I don't think the stance is the same thing. I, but he he does have that finish, which is kind of fun to watch. Um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm just. Uh, 
happy to be captivated by the talent of a Sox player again. Not to say that Jose Abreu wasn't that. Or Jose Abreu is still that, but Jose Abreu, as much as we like him, as as good as he is, is our you know he's thirty two, I think, or whatever it is. So as good as he is right now, in three years, two years, when this team is you know you're hoping competing you know for an AL pennant. Uh, uh-huh. he's probably more of a role player than, you know, a star in the middle of the order. So that I think that's kind of where you're, you're getting that from. Um, but he had another home yeah. run last night. He's raking as well. On the north side of town, uh, it's been a walk-off city, uh, a lot of walk-offs for the Cubbies, and uh, one of those individuals responsible for a walk-off, uh, Wilson Contreras, uh, claiming that he feels like it's 2016 again. He says that the clubhouse has that vibe. Uh, do you get that vibe about this team at all right now? You know, it kind of seems like it. They're, they're as confident as they've been. They seem to be, uh, you know, firing on all cylinders after that slow start. They didn't really let – I mean, they started out, what was it, 1-6, 2-7, and seven, and you didn't really see any worry, any doubt in any of their eyes. They were still hitting the ball really, really well. They just knew they needed some of those big-name pitchers to come around. They have. I think the biggest surprise so far is that the bullpen has – pretty much taken a complete 180 from that start and i'm not sure they're mm-hmm. going to be as good um going forward as they have been in the last couple of weeks but i think they're showing that they are more of a formidable bullpen than the one we saw um the, the craig kimbrell whispers are uh, are slowing down but the emergent after bryant and rizzo kind of both as good as the cubs offense were was to start the year bryant and rizzo were both having very slow starts um i don't think it's coincidence that we've also seen this turnaround this you know i think they won nine of their last 10 series and i think they're nine uh nine and two in their last 11 something like that this turnaround has coincided with rizzo and bryant's bats waking up uh the cubs are going to go as as far as those two take them Um, i'm not sure they can win a world series without those two playing you know very good baseball hitting at their best so it's it's got to be very encouraging especially last year with with bryant's injury issues you know the the shoulder the concussion even to start the year, the shoulder had some whispers in it. It's very encouraging for Cubs fans to see how Chris Bryant's kind of turned it around. Um, I, I think he's he's OPSing like over a thousand over the last you know two three weeks here. So he's really starting to find his swing. Yeah, and uh, pitching staff being back at near full strength is uh, can't go unmentioned as well. I think that uh, should be know, a fun for, one for them tonight. By the way, it's 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 um, Cubs Philly Cubs Phillies, okay. and Ooh. we have we have Arietta Darvish. Arietta Darvish. So, I was wait, watching no, that. Uh, sorry. I think I'm wrong. No, I'm wrong. I'm oh, wrong. Okay. I saw that somewhere. Um, Where did I see that? Are they playing the Phillies? You it might Phillies no. Were, you know it might be there. It might be over the weekend, something like that. But okay, I saw yeah, that's coming up. Phillies were playing. I believe was it the Mets last night on TV? It's coming. I forget who it was, okay. but the Phillies were on, and uh, th- that's a stacked lineup, top to bottom. Um, from where did I see that? I don't really know Harper where I saw it. To this. Hoskins to yeah. Um, Nonetheless, uh, the Cubs and the and the Phillies when they do play should be a fun one. Matt, how about uh, how about out west? Uh, out here, things have really slowed down on uh, uh, at least in Northern California. Um, the Giants are going through turmoil right now. They've been essentially hiding a rebuild for the last three years, and now it appears to actually be happening, but you have... You're seeing Bumgarner's name start to surface again. Well, but you have Bumgarner with a limited no-trade, and he the other day put out a list of all the teams that he'd exercise the no-trade to, and it's all the teams that would be in contention. So Mm -hmm. he's essentially saying, I won't be traded, I will get to free agency, and I will pick my team, is what uh, Madison Bumgarner's saying. But um, he's going to get the free agency anyway, even if he gets traded at the end of the year. So why not... 
So why not go to a contender? He's just ne- I've never understood him in the in the few um, in the few. Uh, yeah, I, guess, uh, I guess by doing what he's doing though, and basically picking those contenders on his no trade list, he's essentially just getting to pick which contender he goes to, or maybe even have some leverage yeah. in trying to negotiate an extension on site. You know, before the yeah. trade happens, like, hey, I don't really feel, you know, I'm, Milwaukee's not high on my list, but if you guys are willing to give me this, you know, extension, whatever, this money right now, I'll sign and, and you know, wave my trade clause. We'll go there, something like that. Yeah. Um, also, I apologize. Was, Arietta Darvish is scheduled for Monday. That's where I got gotcha. confused, not tonight. Gotcha. So it is coming um, up. I'm not that crazy. And then the A's, uh, you know, the A's show flashes of being a, a solid ball club, but I said it before the season. They just have such a, a deficit of pitching that you're not going to get a solid start out of the back end of the out of, out of the back end of the starting lineup, and then the bullpen is is really leaves a lot to be desired. They've blown a few saves. Um, there's just not there's not the arms to back up the bats uh, in in Oakland right now. I and mean, when your ace is Mike Fires, you're you're in a it's little no bit of good. trouble. It's no good. Yeah. And that um, was talking baseball. And that was talking baseball. Uh, well, there's, uh, there's a couple other topics to get to here, Matt. Uh, why don't you tell us about the NHL playoffs and, in Max Hockey Minutes? It's, uh, it's oh, kind of like fun it. to watch out here in San Jose. Yeah, uh, tough loss for the Sharks last night, right? I didn't, uh, I actually didn't get to see a second of because I was at the White Sox game, but the, uh, the, the Blues bounced back and won that one, so they got the momentum heading back home. Um, Boston looks to be uh, kind of putting an abrupt halt to, to the Hurricane Cinderella story there. I think they won 5-1 and 6-2. Um, it's... It, it's looking to me like a Boston-St. Louis final, or maybe that's just the pessimist in me because I don't like either team much at all. Um, I think your Sharks, though, have have a pretty solid chance, and Logan Couture, Joe, is playing as good of hockey in, in this playoffs as he really ever has. Um, the, star, the Sharks have the firepower. It's just a matter of now going back on the road and getting a win, which they haven't really had a problem doing so far in these playoffs. But that's – I don't want to call the Eastern Conference finals over because Carolina hasn't had – chance to play at home yet but that one certainly looks over so it looks like we're we're kind of in a in a one series uh race here watching that western conference final which i think has a very good chance to go six or seven um yeah i, I definitely think it does uh it really in game two there in the western conference it looked like the blues had changed strategy a little bit game one they were just trying to out physical the sharks and the sharks wow, the blues trying to out physical somebody it, it seemed like they before. kind of yeah it seemed like they kind of uh, laid down that sword and just played hockey uh, yesterday, and uh, and that afforded them a uh, uh, what was it a four two win? four two win four two win yeah so uh, it should be a fun one to watch and then out east um, Boston is the odds on favorite across these final four correct Boston should win the, I I'd be surprised if Boston doesn't win the cup they're very very good and they're playing about as well as anybody and I'm not sure it's all that close. Um, they yeah. also have that Stanley Cup experience. They got guys who have been there. They got Zdeno Chara, Patrice Bergeron, uh, Brad Marchand, guys who have won cups before, been there before. And uh, I, 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 just, I think across the board, they have the most talent. Uh, San Jose kind of has the, the bigger names a little bit, especially on the blue line. But I think across the board, you know, lines one through four, uh, pairings one through three, I think Boston probably has the most talent. But I, I'm hoping for a Boston-San Jose final because I think those are the two most talented teams left. 
but St. Louis has a little bit of a team of destiny type feel to it, especially with that game seven double overtime win over Dallas. So uh, we'll see. Uh, that year should be a lot of fun to watch. But I, I do, again, I expect Boston to uh, to close this one out in probably five games. You got your uh, you got your chips on Boston. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't mind uh, wouldn't mind if it was a Boston San Jose situation. Um, be a lot of fun to watch and cover a, a tough flight for those guys. Here, so we tough shall see. Tough flight, tough flight. That's got to be five and a half, um, six and hours. I'm, I'm really just pulling for Jumbo Joe. I think Joe Thornton. You know, a lot of these guys, Thornton, Pavelski. I mean, they've been to one Stanley Cup final. I believe that was 16 yeah. when they lost. I mean, this um, is really probably Thornton's best. You know, last chance. Yeah. Prior to that, it was 11 uh, Western Conference Finals. But uh, as you said, yeah, not, not many bullets left in the uh, in the clip for for Thornton. So uh, talk about the story too. If you got Jumbo Joe against the Bruins, you know that the, the two teams he's played for in a Stanley Cup final that that basically writes itself. It's Boston or the team that you know let him go all those years yeah. ago before you know recreating his career in San, San Jose. Should be fun. And then on the uh, on the hardwood, we've got the uh, conference finals coming up between Portland and Golden State. Curry versus Mil- Curry, Milwaukee and Toronto. That shot uh, that shot by Kawhi was spellbinding as it sat up on the rim, bounced four times, and went in. Uh, I was watching uh, Game thought- of Thrones. I thought um, not only was that a, a big moment for the Raptors, I thought it was a big moment for the 76ers as well. I think that um, I've always questioned their, and I know it's wrong to question a professional's desire, but Joel Embiid at some times doesn't seem engaged with the game, um, especially outside of the whistles, like uh, either on the bench or before mm-hmm. the game or after the game, things seem a little bit too much uh, playful for me. I mean, have your fun, but I, I need you to seem focused. Uh his his show of emotion after that loss, uh, the things he was saying at the podium, really told me a lot about him as a player and his growth. And I think that that was a big moment for them, uh, even though they don't move on to the conference finals. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be Milwaukee and Toronto, which will be a fun series to watch Kawhi and uh, and Giannis go at it. And then, as you said, on the Western Conference side, you got uh, for the first time in history two uh, two brothers, a pair of brothers uh, playing against each other in the Western Conference Finals in Seth and Steph Curry. As well as uh, Dame Lillard grew up about eight minutes from Oracle Arena. He is an Oakland kid, uh, grew up in the shadows of Oracle. There are billboards of him in Oakland, and uh, he's still beloved by Oakland. So that's your other storyline there. Did you uh, did you happen to watch Game 7, uh, Blazers-Nuggets? I did watch Game 7. I thought, I mean, obviously Damian Lillard is, you know, the, the Batman on that team. And he's, I mean, he's been their best player throughout. Can, but can obviously wow, show up CJ, now, too. When CJ yeah. McCollum is on, man, that that's as good of a one-two punch as, as anybody. Obviously, the Warriors have a you know one-two-three-four punch at times if Iguodala's rolling. But um, if if CJ McCollum's playing that well of basketball throughout, the the, the Blazers probably aren't going to win that series, but they might steal a couple games here and make it interesting. And I, I'm very excited to watch this series because I do think of the teams we saw remaining, the, the Blazers have that high-end potential that could at least make this you know some fun with the Warriors. Yeah, I think that uh, it's going to be a good series. I do. I don't believe it gets past five or six at the most. Yeah, um, you got to think the Blazers get one at home. Probably figure out a way to get one at home there. Uh, get a night with Lillard, McCollum, are rolling. But I'm with you. I think we'll see. Five. It'll get really interesting if they can take one of these first two games in uh, Golden State uh, with Kevin Durant out. They've already announced that he's out for Game One. Excuse me uh, tonight and possibly out for Game Two 
on uh, what would be Thursday, I believe. Do, so. do we have a chance to see Cousins, uh, Boogie Cousins at all back? Because I know they were saying I they don't, don't understand. Think he's out for the year. I don't understand how um, they they have confirmed that is there, there is a quad tear and a tear of any kind. I don't know what the um, rub some dirt the, on it. What the lowest uh, what the lowest grade tear is, but I'd still assume that that's a couple month long injury, and it's mm-hmm. only been I believe a month since his injury, a little bit less actually. So I don't know how we see him um, if we do. It might come in the finals in a limited capacity, and I really hope it would just to give him some sort of, uh, you know, if they win this thing and he gets a ring and he really wasn't a part of much of a playoff uh, push, didn't really have any any bearing on it, that would be another, you know, another oddity in the career of DeMarcus Cousins and a legacy that we'll remember as... I don't know. A, a interesting. Player, Just interesting. A dominant player whose career never aligned. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm, I'm rooting for Boogie to get out there, not only for that, but to be able to prove that you know he he is durable enough to be offered a contract. Now, whether that be a max or what the duration of that contract is by somebody, um, I think that Demarcus Cousins, for with his antics and all, make the NBA a better place. So oh, I totally agree. Play. It'll be interesting to see how you know he handles this free agency if he is able to come back and play a little bit healthy and play even a minor role. Um, kind of what he's looking for in mm-hmm. free agency versus what he's actually going to get because I think he's going to be looking maybe for max money without the max term. But we'll see. That'll be interesting. Um, Matt, you got anything else here before we uh, air a grievance and get to some uh, segments? Let's do. Give, give me your prediction for the East. We don't have to go too in depth of breaking it down, but we got Toronto, Milwaukee, uh, two pretty fun teams to watch, even though the markets might not be. Uh, mm-hmm. who, who do you got out there? You know, Milwaukee seems to be unbeatable when they're on on and when Giannis is getting to the hoop, but Toronto as a defensive team um, really gives them really gives them a good chance to beat Milwaukee in a series here. I think it's going to. I think it's going to be an extended one, six or seven. I think it's going to be a war of attrition. I think it's going to be physical. I think Toronto comes out of it for one reason or another. I really do. I see. I, I, I think I have the, a feeling that Kawhi Leonard is going to take this team to the NBA Finals um, and then leave them for the Clippers, and it's going to be really awkward. I think they're perfect foils for each other, um, but I, I, I'm kind of with you in how you know I see the series going, except. I think Milwaukee somehow sneaks this out, you know, in six or seven. I think we're going to see, uh, like you said, an extended series, very close games. I think these two teams are, are perfect foils for one another. But Giannis just seems to be on a different level. Um, I, I know Kawhi's been fantastic, but outside of him offensively, I mean, Kyle Lowry hasn't really been there. If Kawhi's not, if Kawhi's not, you know, having a historic series against Philly, mm-hmm. Toronto doesn't get out of that. Um, So I I don't think, I I think Milwaukee's a better team than Philly. I think Milwaukee's a more complete team and and certainly more on the same page with each other than Philly. Um, So I I think it's too much relying on Superman to to get them to the NBA final. So I'm going to stick with Milwaukee. I think Kawhi's going to have a fantastic series again, get them close. But I do think Milwaukee ends up pulling this out and we see them in the NBA finals. And on the other side, we've come to a consensus on Golden State. Golden State in five or six, something like that. Sounds good. Hit the music. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. No, 
You're gonna hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind? I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, Matt, I've got a small grievance for you. It's not even really a grievance for you. It's more of a grievance about you. Yeah, that's Um, true. Now, we were playing a a bit of a money game uh, out on the course, and uh, the boys boys took to it a bit. And just a a quick rundown of it. Every par three, each player uh, is good for $5. It's a closest to the pin situation. So whoever's closest to the pin... Uh, wins the $5 with the caveat that you have to make par. You can't three-jack. So mm-hmm. closest to the pin, has to make par. If you make the birdie, it's double. So then it's $10 a man. Yeah. If no one makes par or birdie, um, it carries over to the next hole. So everyone's good for $10, the second par three. Everyone's good for $15, the third par three. Well, uh, needless to say, there wasn't a ton of great golf uh, on the second 18 Thursday. Yeah. So we got to the fourth par three, which is the signature hole at Fantastic. the La, La Quinta Mountain Course. Um, and I actually had um, I had I had gotten uh, I, I had reached the green on the first par three and just three jack from yeah. about 40 feet. But we won't go there, and we won't talk about my shot on the, no, on the we, final par three. We will three. not talk about you ripping it into uh, the rocks. We, we we bladed one a little yeah, bit. So just a little bit uh, too. Was playing with uh, yeah. The second one was the second one was just for peace of mind and really looked up <laughs> at that point. But um, so we had eight uh, excuse me six dudes up on the tee box and uh, we're sitting there and all the money had carried over. So we're looking at a potential. Uh, I believe it was hundred and twenty dollar yeah. par three. Uh, if the par was made, two hundred and forty. If the birdie was made, uh, six players, all Rooney's except me. So uh, Mac, it's on the tee first. You were first. Right? I was first. I, I won the, the random won the random team generator. We set always the precedent. The um, it's this little downhill hundred and sixty yard par three. It's essentially an island green surrounded by rubble, like mm-hmm. rocks. There's really nowhere else to land it, but on this. Uh, on this pretty small green. Uh, Matt drops one about 20 feet short of the pin, Which under that, the hole. That was a pressure exactly where, shot. Exactly where you wanted to be. Pressure-filled shot. Give me some credit there. Comes through. He executes all credit where credit's due. I was being heckled uh, by Johnny pretty good. The rest, of, the rest of the players hit their shots. Matt retains closest to. All he's got to do is two-putt for 120 bucks. Uh, everyone else goes out to play their balls. Myself, a couple other people go to the drop zone. We put our balls down. We hit our shots. Matt's scurrying to the green. I wouldn't scurrying. say scurrying. I, I, I said I was moving with some urgency. Sec- he is secretively speeding to the green to try and hit a putt alone. Yeah. So I get to the I get to the drop zone. I again catch one a little heavy. Uh, things were things were moving fast at yeah, this time, okay. and, and this I, point I, is I over. off the edge of the green into the green side bunker. Um, I'm going to set up my green side bunker shot, and Matt is fervently reading his first putt. And everyone sees him and says, what are you doing? They start yelling at him. What are you I, doing? Because everyone, everyone wanted I cleared it with you. You didn't clear it with me. I you said, asked I'm, me. And you didn't say no. No, I said, uh, I, said, I said something along the lines. I was judgmental. I said something judgmental like well, that. In my defense, that's you're a, always judgmental of me. That's, a, that's true. I was like, that's a tough look or something like that. I said something. So he gets up to his ball. And then I think you'd admit rushed it a little bit and uh, slams one about oh, four, four <laughs> feet by. Yeah, I was going to say five. Left himself a little four foot downhiller, and everyone's pissed at him at this point because they he tried sneaking one me. by. So Which I don't uh, get it. We've been playing, you know, go to your ball and hit it all weekend, but you know, one time. I Matt that. played a little accelerated, ready golf. Comes back to bite him. 
pushes one by the right side, uh, there was there was no justice there. It lift out. It, it was, was justice. A, it, uh, it, I, I just I don't I don't remember it catching much lip. I don't I just, remember it catching much lip. I remember a little bit of a lip. But uh, Matt cost himself 120 bones there. Uh, I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a lesson or a, um, or a don't rush to this story. Don't, don't rush, rush your putts. Your putts. Take your time. Take That's your time up there. Yeah, but, my uh, bad. That was that was my grievance. Uh, Want to get to a little buyer sell here? Let's play it. All right, start us off. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. I'd like to buy 500 shares of Animotion Incorporated. Animotion is up an eighth after plunging 75 points this morning. Hey, cuz, heard you having money problems. Sell, sell, sell. They're all selling and buy, buy, buy. I can't believe you put your money in that Centrex. You could have invested in my rollout tie dispenser. You can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a butcher's ass, but then, no got to be your bull. I declare bankruptcy! Um, we talked a little bit of the NBA, but we had some, some non-NBA playoffs, uh, college basketball news. What was it yesterday? Uh, John Beeline leaving Michigan, making a beeline, get it, from Michigan to the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, seems like a little bit of an odd move to me, but I'm going to ask you, buy or sell John Beeline's uh, move from Michigan where he'd kind of set a, a pretty decent culture and program to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I mean, I'm, are you saying buy yourself the move and buy yourself his move? Can, okay. I, I'm going to sell it. Uh, why, why, you know, oftentimes, and we talk about this a lot, um, college football, to college basketball, but, who was the last college other than Brad Stevens? And I think Brad Stevens is the exception, not the rule. But mm-hmm. how many of these guys are making this jump and being successful? If the money's there, if the uh, – what what stood out to me is that he has a son that's coaching at a college, a small college in Ohio. So I think this was a family move um, to be closer to uh, to his people. I'm buying it from a point – from that standpoint – but from a, uh, a beeline legacy standpoint, I'm selling it. You know, you've built your legacy at, uh, at Michigan, and why not continue to do so in a program that um, has been one of the most consistent over the last decade? Yeah, I mean, he, decade. he really built that program up from, you know, middling Big Ten program to, I mean, the last however many years, they've been a national championship contender just about every year. He's been to, you know, two national championship games, I think, since 2013. A uh, couple of lead eights and all that, so I, I think he had that program in the right spot, and you know, he hadn't gotten the job done yet fully, so that's why it seems a little bit odd to me. Um, I also think, though, he wanted this NBA challenge. Last year, he had his name uh, involved in the Pistons coaching search. Um, it it just this seems like a little bit of an urgent jump that you know he was getting a little bit impatient. This doesn't really seem like the right move, though, if you want to really give the NBA a try. I know Cleveland has, you know, all the cap space in the world, but as Joakim Noah once said, who wants to be in Cleveland? Um, Mm -hmm. They're not attracting the big-time free agent anytime soon. Uh, I mean, sure, they could win the lottery tonight and get Zion, but even then, you know, where are they at? They just have one player pretty much. I mean, unless you're a big Colin Sexton fan, Kevin Love is getting old. Um, It seems like a no-win situation, just kind of setting himself up to get fired in three years. But if he wants to challenge the NBA, I mean, I, I I guess I good for him, but I, I think overall it was an impatient move and I kind of sell the choice of Cleveland if he really wanted to get to the NBA. 
I'm uh, I'm looking up the contract details here. I don't really um, have them offhand. For me, it, the biggest loss is to the Big Ten. Um, this is a huge. Oh, yeah. It's a huge loss for the Big Ten as a conference. Um, their marquee basketball program, as of late, uh, losing its head coach is never a good look. No. Um, It'll be interesting to see who they get to replace. You know, if if they are able to somehow attract a big name, if uh, I don't really know who's even out there available at this point, or if they just kind of promote within. But um, that's a big hit for the Michigan program because he really turned that thing around after turning things around at West Virginia. He he took Michigan really to the next level. Um, It's it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they can you know keep that up. I being a Notre Dame fan, I kind of hope they don't. I kind of hope they go back to middling, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, it is a five-year contract. They don't have the details on how much, uh, I'd assume, probably in the 25 to $30 million range, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, but the five-year contract as an NBA coach is really, um, I don't want to say a lottery ticket, but uh, a lot of coaches don't see year five. No. Um, but, I they mean, still, but they still get paid for it. So uh, yeah. that's why the, the five-year as opposed to the three-year is, is often what, what you want. So mm-hmm. good on Beeline. Uh, setting up a nice little retirement fund here. Uh, I do see he is 66 years old. So probably his last move. Um, probably his last move, I'd say. Let's uh, let's let's move on from this one. What do you say? Keep this thing moving. Yeah, what do you uh, we'll take it, back, take it back to golf here for a second, Matt. Buy or sell. Um, we are a Tiger pod, of course. Uh, buy or sell. Tiger Woods finds himself in a final pairing on Sunday in any of the three remaining majors. Do we think Tiger is going to... Uh, it, it has nothing to do with winning one, but do we think Tiger's going to be in a position to win one, final group? I think so. I'm going to buy it. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be this weekend, but he's he's playing the best golf of, you know, I don't want to say his career, but but close to it, yeah. honestly, the way he's been playing the last, you know, year and a half or so. Um, and he usually, I mean, he's going to win one. He usually wins one while he's in position to win one. He usually gets himself into that position on Sunday. And like we said, I really like the way the last two courses set up for him. I, I'm going to buy that we see Tiger in a final pairing in a final group for a, for a major championship. Yeah, uh, my heart is going to buy that. So I don't. We That's don't even know what my brain thinks. Follow yeah, your heart. My heart's buying. Follow it. your heart, show. That's what we do here. Listen to this podcast. Is that Cascada? Um, I, yes, that was Cascada. Uh, I, that just reminded me though. I sang Miley Cyrus on television uh, on Sunday. Why? It, it was wasn't my promise proudest moment. Why? Um, what did you sing? It was. Is there uh, a YouTube? So clip? Pablo Sandoval scored from first base on like a triple into the alley uh, into like the deep um, yeah. into triples alley. really the only place uh, in San Francisco it, yeah. only, the only place in the majors that, that the ball could be from, hit that Pablo could score from first was going to score from first um, so he comes around third and I wasn't calling the ha- highlight Marshall uh, my boss our sports director was calling the highlight and uh, it was he, he rounded third and uh, he said something along the lines of uh Oh, he said uh, Pablo coming around third uh, like a wrecking ball. So I uh, I ad libbed under him while he was calling it. I came in like a sand of all. That was it. So that's stuff right there. That sounds great. Yeah, that's good television. I guess it's one of those things where you really had to experience the whole. Yeah, you just kind of had to be there. I'm sure. Why don't you give me one? Why don't you hit me with a buy or sell? All right, Joe. I know you're not a Game of Thrones fan, but we talked about Mm -hmm. this before the pod a little bit. We we've seen apparently according to the, the the 2018 U.S. Census. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of kids being named after Game of Thrones characters, Joe. We got uh, 2,500, over 2,500 little girls born in 2018 were named Arya. Um, okay. that, that's by far the highest. But you got a lot of different characters named. Tough look if you named your kid Daenerys. Um, or like one. Reek. 
That's his nickname, but Theon still wouldn't be good either. Uh, Joe, I'm gonna ask you. I'm not gonna stick to Game of Thrones here, but buy or sell naming your child after a favorite movie or TV character. I buy it. I don't mind that at all. I, as long as it's like a decent name, I don't That's care the where. Big part. It's got to be a good name. Yeah, it's got to be a decent name. I don't care where the um, the inspiration came for it, and if it's something important to you, even better. Um, not everyone is. Uh, is Italian Roman Catholic and names their kids after their grandparents or, or their Giuseppe. parents like, like we do. Uh, but, um, it's a, uh, it's a cool thing. I don't know. I, I, it reminds me, I think there was like some crazy spike in kids named Jordan in the early nineties. Like there was Jordan wasn't a name prior to like 1989 and then everyone named their kid after Michael Jordan. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on board with it. I'm buying it. Bonus question: What would you? What TV character or you know movie character would you name your your child after? Ooh. TikTok TV or movie character. Um, I don't know why Cosmo kind of came to mind. Cosmo, Cosmo be a good one. Cosmo Kramer. There you go. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's Cosmo. That's not Busso. happening. That's a that's I'd, a fantastic name. I'd much much sooner name uh, my hypothetical child after an athlete or something. Um, well, that takes the Marie- fun out of the question. Mar- Marino is kind of a cool one. I've always been a Dan Marino guy. Marino uh, Musso? I don't like it. Marino Musso. That's, that's it's a tough. little much. Yeah, that's, it's that's a little tough. much. The alliteration there. You, you yeah. don't have to give me some time on this one. Maybe we'll come back to that next week. Yeah, we'll, 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 circle, we'll circle back. Uh, I got one more for you here, Matt. Buy or sell? Uh, so we, we saw a classic uh, rich person scene after the final game of the Western Conference Finals uh, of, of Game 6. So that... that took place in Houston um, and uh, James Harden that night was no I just read about it Uh, it that night was seen clubbing in Miami so right after the loss gassed up the jet got to South Beach and was at the club um, buy or sell clubbing within a week of elimination you know when you first read the question, said it was the next night, I was going to say I was okay with it because, you know, after you take a night, and even if you don't, if it takes more than a night, you kind of just got to do some stuff maybe to get your mind off it, whatever, you know, go out and have fun. It is your off season. You probably got a little, little bit of time off before you start working out for next year. That night, that that's that's not a great look, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I got to sell. I'll buy within a week. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, you maybe you take- The body wasn't even cold yet. Up, but, Exactly. Like there was still a warm body in that room, Joe. There were still probably some people sitting in the Toyota Center not wanting to leave their seat because they thought there was going to be another quarter. Um, yeah. That night, you know, that had to be hours, literally three hours after you lose a game. You're in you're you're in Miami clubbing. That's a tough look. James How Harden has had you to scramble a jet if you're a rich person. That really, uh, that really it, it tells that me was, he. It honestly, it that's tells more me, impressive than it, anything. It tells me he had one on call just in case. Yeah, I, I um, think he had one on call just in case. Uh, there's just been this a lot. Is my of, losers jet. As good as James Harden is, there there seems to be a lot of these little you know quirky moments with him where people kind of question where his head's really at. And at this point, with you know his performance in big time games, I think we're getting to the point where it's really fair to ask that question if he if he can be the best player on a good team that leads you to a championship. Uh, people forget. People forget that his jersey is retired at a strip club in Houston, so the man likes to party a little bit. Well, good for him. That, that might be the only jersey he gets retired, but good for him. He's got he, one. He, more than us. He spent, he spent like, I forget what the number was, but some exorbitant. He spent. He bought a couple cars at a strip club one Jesus. night, and they put they put his jersey in the rafter. Well, good so, for him. Uh, 
There you go. There you go, James Harden. He's leaving um, a lasting impact somewhere. That's all. I'm yeah, I guess. Matt, uh, we got an empty mailbag this week, huh? Yeah, you know, we I, I did get one or two submissions, but I thought we, we with having a grievance, with having a shutdown, we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. hold off on the mailbag this week, and we're gonna we're gonna bring it back next week because I thought we had some content here, and we never want to run run too long for the people. All right. Well, uh, with that said, why don't you uh, hit the music and I'll shut us down? Yeah, we haven't shut one down in a while, so why don't you take it? Yeah. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. Matt, uh, this is a shutdown of applause and congratulations. Uh, we are sending our best to one Nikki Lopez, uh, brother of... Uh, our fraternity brother brother of brother to the pod brother of our brother um and and our good buddy anthony lopez uh nikki has been uh cutting his teeth in the kansas city royals organization for the last three years now after shooting up those prospect rankings yeah after getting drafted out of creighton and for his whole career nikki lopez has been labeled as undersized but his performance his fielding percentage his batting average his on-base percentage everything for the last two and a half years has pointed to a big league ball player yesterday he got his first ever call to the bigs and he will be joining the team i believe today uh for their game against the rangers i believe they're playing but they're in kansas city uh, our boy anthony jumped a flight the family all jumped a flight they're gonna be there for him tonight and uh see his uh, his foray into major league baseball so we wanted to take this opportunity to applaud Nikki Lopez who I hope is cracking the lineup tonight and I hope is cracking a couple baseballs tonight because he has deserved it through his hard work and uh, his dedication to his craft um, one of the uh, one of the good people uh, to join the league he will be a, a uh, an asset to that Royals organization for as long as he's there he was the George Brett award winner last year which is the award that they give to um, their most influential uh, minor league player and uh, it's been given to names such as Hosmer, uh, a couple other big names, but um, he has now been tabbed as next man up here for the Kansas City Royals, and we are so thrilled for Nicky getting his call, getting his shot, and realizing a lifelong dream today with the Royals. Good on you, Nicky Lowe. We're rooting for you, pal. He strikes me as a guy who's going to annoy the Chicago White Sox for seven years <laughs> to come. Like one of those guys who I'm going to be rooting for, but those handful of games a year, he's going to be really irritating. I, that, that's, that's I'm not a good gonna thing lie. for him. I'm not going to lie. If I have the opportunity, I'm buying a baby blue Lopez. Jersey. There is it's nothing wrong happening. with that. There is nothing it's wrong just with that. I, that. I mean, that's that's <laughs> going to be – that jersey is going to be sick. So, just just good, good, clean fun. That's all that is. Some good, clean family fun. Good. Well, this was uh, a good, good, clean family Lopez fun there, hey, Joe, right? See, it was. That, that, it see was. What I, did I don't think, we'll, I don't think we'll have to pull this – I don't know. I don't think we'll have to pull this pod, um, but uh, you guys let us know if we should pull. You guys let us know if we should. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for Moose and Runes episode 104. We hope you enjoyed. As always, like it, share it, bop it, twist it. Send us those questions. Mailbags coming back next week. Uh, we, we love the mailbags more than anything. So keep those coming. And we appreciate you guys for tuning in each and every week. Uh, tell your friends about it. Get us some new listeners. We want to keep growing this thing so we can have actual sponsors who pay us actual money. Yeah. Uh, for Matt Rooney, I am Joe Musso, and we will talk to you next week. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile. 
for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.